Hello, everybody. This is Xander Brothel, Director of Marketing Operations with the Revenue Growth Architects podcast presented by CS2. Joining me again today is Chrissy. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chrissy. How are you? Good. Yeah, my second time back. Um, I'm loving being back on the podcast. So thanks for having me, Xander. It's great to have you back on. And uh, we were doing our sound check. It's like it's you have a very soothing voice. And I always appreciate <laughs> that going on to the podcast. So it's um, quite jarring compared to me where I'm like, hey, how's it going? Well, I don't know. No, well, ask my my daughter how she likes my voice. She started to be like, "You need to stop shouting, Mama." And I'm like, "I don't, I don't really even yell at you." Like, you know? at that age where everything's critical, you know, give me a break. I was like, shout like two times, and I'm a horrible mom. Come on. <laughs> Well, today we are talking about an interesting topic. Uh, I think one that's very timely. I'm hearing it a lot with clients as I'm working in, and that is identifying quick wins. We hear that often. Um, And what we really want to talk about today is identifying quick wins by utilizing your funnel data, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. And at the beginning of the year, we we had talked through some predictions for Mm -hmm. 2023. Um, Some of them came true. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think one of them that we're missing is just going back to the foundation mm-hmm. and going back to the basics of your marketing organization. Um, a lot of the organizations that I'm seeing are rushing through and trying to make an impact, right? It's a lot of conversations mm-hmm. around how do I get more volume, 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 and maybe missing some of the bigger picture that marketing can bring to the table. Um, We're really focused on the short term and maybe losing sight of the long term wins. So hopefully today, I think that you have some really great insights that you've been noodling on, Chrissy, on how can we start doing this right? How can we focus on truly identifying quick wins that can make the biggest impact with our funnel data? Yeah. So I think that I have a lot of sympathy for marketers right now. I'm talking to a lot of marketers, talking to a lot of our clients. And obviously, you know, the market operations team too, but there's a lot of pressure to just show improvement. How can you impact pipeline? How can you, like, with all of the money that you're spending, even with us, right? Like with your marketing ops spend and your agency, what are some quick wins that we can see and show to finance or the board of like, we're actually making the best of use of our dollars. And so there's always this conversation of like quick wins which in some cases we know as marketers, like there's not a lot of like things that you can do quickly that usually ends up, you know, creating pipeline. And so like if you come up with a new campaign, which is I think where a lot of people go, oh, let's just come up with a new campaign. Let's just come up with a new message and starting from scratch. And in some ways, yes, you maybe will get some pipeline out of that, but it might be, you know, a year from now or it, or you're just looking to doing these quick things and it's very disjointed, like you said. It's like the random acts of marketing. Um, but one place that I think that um, the team can look to to uncover quick wins that can impact their pipeline is really their funnel data. And so it can inform you on some things that you can do operationally, but also can inform the team on what they can do from like a demand gen perspective or campaign perspective. And um, 
So I think that that is is great because a lot of the things they can do is actually wouldn't require new spend or even like new programs. It could be even just improvements. And when you're improving things or improving conversion rates down the funnel, that obviously will lead to more pipeline because the more opportunities you're generating, hopefully more you're closing and then, you know, you'll, you'll end up with more pipeline, more revenue. So, um, so yeah, so the, the funnel data is where it's at. And I'm going to talk about that. Um, so, so the first thing though, Xander, I will say is, um, you know, some, some people might have, you know, a struggle like trying to find their funnel data, <laughs> you know, um, as you know, I think a lot of companies, um, maybe don't even have this operationalized. I mean, I was even talking to a head of a VC recently and she, she said, you know, I would say over half of our portfolio doesn't even they're not even able to report on their funnel. Um, and when I say funnel, I say I mean lead lifecycle and the buyer journey, and you know you're tracking your stages through that. And so, um, it's super important to just be like, do we even have the data to do this? And if you don't, that's where you go down the route of okay, let's create a project for this. And so yes, that's not a quick win, but if you actually develop focusing on creating a a funnel that you can actually report on. And that the the art operationalization of that, like your lead process that supports it, if anything, you'll just have a win there, a huge win for the company. Um, and you'll start to see improvements down the funnel because there'll be better lead process. You'll be able to track things a bit better um, to make these decisions. So I will say, like, if you if you're listening, you're like, ah, oh, I got to use my funnel data. But what if my funnel data sucks? Um, you know. One figure out how to remedy that. And then two, if you don't have any funnel at all, take on that project. And you'll find that it really helps you focus on where you should be focusing anyway, rather than all this proliferary stuff that probably isn't going to make a huge impact. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you have to measure what you want to improve. Right. It's really hard to improve when you turn around and you're like, I don't know really where to start. And yeah. I think that's something that something that I've been trying to change how I approach like funnel projects is it's not just a reporting project because right. it's also an operational efficiency project, mm -hmm. right? Is increasing yeah. your conversions from sales accepted to the next stage. Mm -hmm. And that might be, you might be identifying a huge bottleneck that we're not even aware of. We don't have visibility into, you know, 80% of our leads that are getting followed up on after the first touch. We can start to tell that data. Um, you can make the most out of the money that you've already spent. Totally, and not only like to that, but not only is it like not like is really like a better lead process or better buyer journey because when you actually take the time to work as a team to figure out like what are our stages, what are the definitions, what's that the actual like handoff points for these stages then the prospect will see that because they'll probably get like, you know, send over the sales when they're really meant to. They'll get better, you know, qualification because maybe now there's required bank criteria in order to get a meeting booked. And so it, it, it it's a forcing function really to create alignment across the team, improve some of the buyer process and um, really just make that streamlined. And so, um, yeah, it's just like, the number one place you should focus but i will say that like it's a forcing function to do all that and that will likely in like increase your conversions just naturally 
like down the funnel, you know, so. Are there any quick wins within that type of a project that you could do? Like if, if you had to choose, what would I prioritize if I, I just can't get buy-in on a full life cycle project? Is there anything that you'd recommend just trying to get in? I think trying to just make sure that your stages are defined really well and that the whole revenue team is kind of on board with it. And then just put in some simple, like, in my eyes, just make sure it's like being tracked properly. I think the quick win though first is just getting everyone aligned and then giving everyone aligned on the process. Because once you then find a tracking method, which we suggest is, you know, a custom object, if you have like your your stages and then the statuses within your CRM defined and then how people will flow through the funnel, that's pretty much like all what's going to inform like how you then operationalize that into a tracking method. So starting there, but I think also because the definitions and people don't realize I've come into orgs and they're like, yeah, we have definitions. And I'm like, I start reading them and it's like an MQL is someone who is just ready for sales, you know, sales ready. I'm like, that's a status. That's not a definition, right. <laughs> you know? Um, like no like what what are you actually using to power that like who is actually doing that is it like only hand raisers is a hand raiser and then people have reached a scoring threshold and is it people in your persona and so then it informs your scoring model um or beyond that it's like okay um, when a meeting is booked okay what is the steps for that like what's the criteria for when a meeting is booked and then what's the criteria and process for how a meeting can then um, get hand over to sales. And so if you actually put more like, if you actually get people to think about, okay, what should the definition be? There's going to be like more like kind of strict criteria, but then also there's not all of this like, uh, you know, ambiguity or just like, um, like there's no standardization, right? You could just send out anyone over as an MQL. You could just create any meeting and that's going to create a lot of volume. Yes, but it's not going to actually lead to probably what you need as far as pipeline revenue. Absolutely. Um, so if I do have all of this data, yeah. how do I go about using it? Yeah, so I mean, the best thing you can get from your funnel data is really your conversion rates um, through the funnel. Um, the volume is really good too, but volume is uh, you know, subjective kind of to like, okay, we, you know, we got like a hundred MQLs. Like, what does that mean? You know, uh, or sales ready leads. Um, but the conversion rates will really help you identify like where are their bottlenecks, like how, like, or, you know, why are they not flowing through the funnel? And, or like, why is this conversion rate just like really low, like for this specific stage and what can we do there? So to really like dig into it. And then the great thing too is, if you're tracking your funnel properly, you could also um, slice that data by different things, like by region, price, by persona, and by even like, um, you know, MQL tier. I know we're, you know, we did a podcast on MQL tiering uh, coming out soon. And so, um, or by this time, it already came out. So, <laughs> um, uh, but you could even look at, okay, what's our conversion rate for inbound hand raisers versus outbound, right? It can really inform a lot. Um, and so, so the conversion rates through the funnel and looking at that, um, can really help. So I'm going to take an example, right? So 
Um, and it's a really good diagnosis tool. It's like the best, it's like the best thing marketers and, um, can do is like to just kind of uncover things. So, um, and looking at over time, one thing I will say is make sure you're looking at your data, like over time, you're not just saying like, oh, what's their conversion rate for like this month or whatever. It's like, no, you need history. Yeah. Yeah. You need history. You need to actually, you know, look at like cohorted, like, okay, here are my MQLs from, you know, X time frame and, um, and you want to leave enough time, no, and in, in, mostly co- like include only people who have had a full funnel journey if you can. But if you can't, like looking at long enough time where the data makes sense, and then look at that cohorted view. And I mean, like just people that MQL during a certain time frame, and then how they've flown through the funnel. A lot of times, people will be like, "Oh, what's our conversion rate from you know MQL to SQL?" And then they'll just look at MQLs generated that month. I'm like, "That's not going to get you anything." Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so make sure you look at that. And then sometimes you can also see seasonality too in your, in your conversion rates if you look at over time. So, um, so do that first, make sure you're actually looking at a cohort view, but, but, um, one conversion rate that you can look at, um, is like sales ready or what you might call an MQL, um, to sales accepted. So that's like a working status. Like I'm going to, like your rep picks it up. An SDR usually they start working it. This can be arbitrarily like uh, really um, confused too. So if you're seeing like a hundred percent, that's probably wrong. It probably means that you're just like pushing someone into an outreach sequence. There's an automated follow up and stuff like that. Uh, so I w- I would kind of maybe look beyond that too then and go straight to sales ready to meeting booked. Like if if you have that issue. Um, but if not, so some, some things that you really want to do is like, start asking yourself questions. So, okay. Why is it low? What, you know, some people get a, um, you know, a, a conversion rate here. It should be like a hundred percent if you could, but it, not because of your automated system, but is if it's actually a really good lead. So I, I mean like, yes, it would be great if it was a hundred percent because you're saying no ever, ever lead, but it's probably not, but if you could get there to be like 80% um, and then disclude, exclude anyone who's not going to like disqualify, then it's probably good. But um, questions ask yourself. So like, are these leads like we're generating actually in like the right fit, like our ICP? That could dictate then, you know, maybe having different criteria for your scoring. Uh, is there a process issues? Are SDRs not properly following up? You might have leads just sitting there still in sales ready. But it's probably because no one just ever worked them. Maybe they don't know where to find their leads. Maybe there's an issue with um, where they're spending their time. Are they getting pulled from outbound and trying to do inbound? Um, is there not a great like process for follow up there? Uh, is routing broken? Yes, yeah. big one. Yeah, um, and then um, you know, is there an, a process issue um, where maybe you have um your criteria like another scoring thing is your criteria to loose are you just like automatically sending everyone to sales um and so that's a lot of things that you can look at and then you can even dig into certain things like by region um especially if you like just added a new region too um that's really interesting um and um and then also by like persona like i said like if you do think oh maybe it's our persona okay that's when you can like dive into the data deeper and say like okay who uh what is the lead grade on these people or you know 
is are we mostly seeing certain titles are falling like the sales reps are automatically disqualifying them do we have like junk that's just coming through and like what are we doing about that on the front end so um there so there the so you can see you, you're like questioning and that helps you dive deeper into the data and then you can figure out like really quick wins like doing a quick change to your lead scoring can be but it's if it's an improvement that's a good place to focus you know focusing on training and enablement for your SDR so they actually know who to follow up on and then also maybe giving SDR tools for better follow-ups and making sure they have like outreach or sales off sequences they can personalize not make not make it too automated um so that they can actually get to their leads in fast enough way. And then also making sure their time is kind of directed, like, okay, um, you know, don't, you know, spend time working your inbound lead or your sales ready leads. But also if you want to do prospecting, spend like 20% of your time. Um, so all of those things like require no marketing spend, really. Yeah. I'm Except for like the outreach tools or something. But even then, like, you don't even need to do that. Like you could figure out something else. So. Um, but a lot of it doesn't require any spend, doesn't require any tech, doesn't require spinning up a campaign, but can actually improve the conversion and hopefully find you, you know, um, better efficiency across the team to create like more meetings too. Yeah. I, I'm going to say one that's super obvious, but yeah. uh, maybe missing for some folks, taking time to identify what reports do I need? Okay. Because maybe you're not even looking at the data, you know, uh, I mean- it's, it happens, right? You spend all this time, maybe you, you built out your life cycle, but then you got pulled into another priority and you didn't quite get that analytics framework that we like to operate out of where you have something that you can always go back and trust. And maybe there's a lack of visibility. Um, mm. I think that a lot of folks spend a lot of time like building out SLAs for their first touch, but then they maybe lose sight of, are we getting enough tasks and activities actually logged against all of the people? Yeah. Or are they just going into another view and it's falling out of our SDR buckets. Yeah. You no, know, really making sure that we have the right visibility throughout the throughout the funnel can go a long way as well. Yeah. I think it creates conversations too that like are necessary. Like you said, like if you have people looking at the data um, or it informs you to say, hey, we need to make sure like the SDR manager has this report, like they should be tracking it with us and uncovering it. So just getting to that habit. Um, too will just make you uncover like yes we maybe need analytics framework uh, which I love but um, it starts the conversation with other departments which I think just like boosts alignment I'm just all for you know marketing sales alignment or like I mean everyone says that they are but honestly I still see in practice they're really not so I like I don't shy away from just saying that I think it's a big problem that if a lot of companies solved i think they would see more success but yeah <laughs> but it informs that partnership when you're absolutely the table. i agree yeah. with that 100 percent um i do have another example so another example that you can look at is like meeting booked opportunity um and i think this is actually one that can be really useful because it's the closest to pipeline generation so actually if you want to see some really quick wins right away on pipeline this could be an area to really focus. The closer you are to improving the conversion rate that's generating pipeline, the more, maybe the more revenue you're going to close too. So um, in a 
quick way. So I think some questions to, to ask yourself is like, are meetings being secured um, through like too many coercive like offers? Like, are you like always offering like a gift or gift card or something like that just to get the meeting? You know, it's likely that's not going to be a great meeting at, or if they even show up. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you what do you recommend in that case? Like, yeah, what's, a, so, what's an alternative that you find to work? Yeah, I, I think like uh, if you're going to do any type of gifting, I think it should be not to get the meeting, but um, to reward when the meeting had already taken place. And I think that uh, you can actually spend more. So instead of like saying, oh, hey, I'm going to give someone like a $5 Starbucks gift card, which is like, who cares? Like for trying to get a meeting, it's like maybe focus on directing more budget into something when they've already had the meeting you send them a nicer gift, send them like a goodie link or send no so gift that's like a bit more higher value and you'll have an ask for, it's okay to like ask for their address at that point and stuff like that. So um, I think it's more like gifting for your time after they've given you the time. Um, one thing that, I, that, you know, going, going with the, with the coffee gift card, it, I like where it's, it's not, it's not, Hey, take a meeting with us, get a gift card. But right. after I've already like scheduled the meeting, yeah. you kind of proactively get that, Hey, thanks for giving us your time. Here's a coffee. So that totally. way you have it for our call. I don't know. It just makes me go, okay, I'm going to actually show up to this meeting. Yeah, or one time I had someone send me coffee card plus a coffee mug, and I really liked. Nice, yeah. Because I was, yeah. it was like, oh yeah, enjoy, like have this coffee with me as we do our demo, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool. Um, it's an interesting way of flipping, flipping like the tactic and how yeah, you go about doing it. It's the same or maybe a little bit different of your budget, but you can you can maybe make more of a lasting impression. Yeah. And I think it's like, like you said, like the messaging or the goal, it's like, okay, don't just like, oh yeah, we're going to now start offering a gift to like a gift card to try and score the meeting. It's more like, we're going to try and make, you know, just make it a bit so that they show up um, yeah. a little bit better. And I'm actually talking to that about with a client right now because, um, and that could be really useful. Um, it's not like, you know, it's maybe not guaranteed, but it's just a nice thing to do. Okay. Um, and then for, uh, I think another thing is like to ask is like, are SDRs even doing enough qualification? I think a lot of the time for meetings, they're just like gold on, you know, a big volume number. So they're just like, I'm going to get a meeting at any cost because I think a lot of the times SDRs are sometimes compensated not based on the meeting completed which i i think is wrong but the meeting booked and there's some cases where there's a valid reason for that it's an enterprise deal sometimes a lot of it's hard to get those meetings and it's hard to get like that turned in pipeline or there's you know but if you have a no-show i don't know but anyway so are is there no qualification during the qualification process are they actually like ready for the meeting is there a real need there or was there some type of, you know, communicate something at any cost and, you know, find someone who's interested, but we know they're not really in our ICP and take the meeting anyway. Um, 
And then like our, and then the rest of it is kind of like training issues. So like our AEs trained on how to convert needing stops properly. Or um, again, like how is that handoff between AEs and SDRs? Like um, our SDRs to AEs. And sometimes you'll even just find a just process issue. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, around that or people stepping on each other's toes or, or something. So um which can maybe create a bad buyer experience um also creating a a meeting where there's not a lot of qualification might mean that the the demos can be very generic and actually i think nowadays just knowing that like how people buy um your prospect already knows exactly what they want to ask you exactly what they want to see they've probably done a lot of research on their own a lot of talking to other people so I think it could be a good way to like ask that on your form or, you know, have an SDR get that through a call or a survey ahead of time um, or when they book the meeting. So that sales can actually tailor their message. Those are two things that you could just do. Ask for more information pre-meeting and ensure like leads are qualified the right way. Two quick things that you can do that probably could have a huge impact on increasing that conversion rate. And then le having a better buyer journey, which maybe me means more pipeline, more revenue. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, sometimes just making sure that you have the right uh, reschedule process in place. Oh, yeah. You know, I've seen it where some people are closing out opportunities if there's a no show or they're doing something that just makes their data really difficult to follow. Just make that as easy as possible. Make sure that you have the the opportunities in your system to get the meeting actually to occur and make a decision based upon the result of the meeting and not just the results of uh, managing calendars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm for sure. Fantastic. Um, so Chrissy, we are coming up to the, to the end of our time. Yeah. Um, do you have anything that you want to say to the audience in terms of, you know, I have a funnel, I need more help. Like what can, what can we go about doing? Yeah. So, I mean, okay. So well, we don't normally do this on the podcast, but I will say that funnel and how you're tracking it is just so important. And, and because of all these reasons, you can just uncover just the, the necessary data. I think some people over index on like, I need attribution data and then their funnel data is a mess. And I'm just like, what? You know, <laughs> I think that's actually going to inform your, your revenue planning decisions looking at bottleneck your your lead process that's all your funnel and so it's huge it's like what we call our, like basically makes up all of what we call revenue growth architecture and is like your essentials and so if anyone is really struggling with this i want to say like as an offer cs2 can do a free like advisory call with you to talk about like how you can get better funnel data and the importance of that um, and then talk about even our method to do that or, you know, chat with you on how you can do it on your own, but, um, definitely open to doing that. So you can, you know, message us on our website and say that, you know, you found out about the offer through our podcast. Uh, we're actually going to put a, a more specific offer around this that'll be available soon. So stay tuned. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we want to help at CS2, um, and just in, in general, I'm, it's a, it's a really important thing. So. I love that offer. Um, I was really excited when we started talking about, you know, being able to provide some more assistance. 
I always say before I started at CS2, I was listening to the podcast and I was learning so much. And a lot of the the funnel conversations that were being had on the podcast helped me develop that mm. for organizations. Um, so there's a lot of good inf information here on the podcast, but to be able to have just a one-on-one -on -one conversation, real life data, that personalized demo, so to speak, um, can go a long way. So thank you for yeah. that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and for everybody who is listening, thank you so much for listening to, the, to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a colleague, with a friend, write us a review, anything you can do to share this. Uh, you know, these quick wins are super critical in 2023. And Chrissy, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Xander. I'll be back. Excellent. Have a nice day. Thanks. Thank you.